1: all the way from Kenya, you guys. Yes, I said Kenya, nothing is wrong with your screen. Mambo, Haligani, (laughs) Jambo, all that. I have Dana DeGracia, AKA the hustle goddess. And if you say, wait, she looks familiar, that means you are watching Kenyan TV and you might remember her from various interviews and also being on Nairobi Diaries. So hustle goddess, welcome to the show. How are you doing? (laughs)
0: Thank you. Thank you. I am doing fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing that people can still remember Nairobi Diaries.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I, I did my research and you actually, I found you from our friend. We have a mutual friend who is in TV, Eddie Voke, 254. Mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, he was on um, like the last interview. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i was like wait who is this and you have a definitely have a look that stands out um especially for being in kenya so please tell your story how have you gotten to kenya and why do you love it so much
0: wow okay so shout out eddie he's a cool guy for sure but i've been in kenya coming up on my ninth year i actually moved to kenya like two weeks after i turned 18. Um, My sister was already here for a little while, and she was the one who found USIU. So I was like, I'll just join there. This seems simple. So um, I joined originally. I was, of course, what else does a white person study but international relations? I realized I hated it. Um, (laughs) So I ended up switching my major to criminal justice. And long story short, Um, I finished my degree, my sister, she moved back a few years ago, but I was, I was like, I have to stay and at least finish my degree. Um, but in the midst of all that, I got on Nairobi Diaries, I appeared in music videos. I actually hosted a talk show for two years, um, with a panel of women. And so it was like, it feels like entertainment is my path. And so here I am
1: nine years later. And you guys, just so you know, and before we started, I had, you know asked her how she was doing in Swahili and she answered me. So I have a feeling that your Swahili in your ninth year is like, you're you're good. I know your accent. You can do your accent. I heard you on you know some of the shows and we're going to get into that. But how is your Swahili and how long did that take to
0: learn? So I tell people my Swahili, I'm fluent enough to make you think that I'm fluent. And then when you really speak to me, especially in Shang, I just can't, it, it will take me a second, you know, it's like I have to first decode it into English and then I'll respond to you. So if really I'm fluent in listening, but if you want me to respond in Swahili or even Shang, I'm going to have an issue. <laughs> uh,
1: OK, well, that makes sense. I mean, you yeah. you, you know, even if you speak another language, you have to think about it in your other, you know, tongue, your, your, mother, your mother tongue. tongue. Yeah. yeah. You know, thinking about a song, mother tongue. <laughs> uh, what, what, do you now, did, did you prior, Um, did you speak, uh, do you speak Italian or do you speak Spanish at all?
0: Um, Bits and pieces, because my my parents, I'm probably like third or fourth generation. I think the first generation to get to the States was my father's grandfather, and we're actually Sicilian, <laughs> um, but then on and I'm, essentially my background is Sicilian and Jewish. So I can speak uh, a little bit of Hebrew, a little bit of Italian, but not enough to get me anywhere, really.
1: OK. And I asked the Spanish because, you know, folks usually in the States either took French or Spanish. So, yeah. you know, I,
0: I did. I did. I took, you know, my required two years so uh, I know few words.
1: <laughs> okay, and, and what state are you from? So
0: I'm from Illinois.
1: You are from Illinois. Yeah. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. no, I, I got you. So, you know, how did you then get into entertainment in Kenya? Was that the plan to say, you know what, I can reinvent myself, Hollywood is saturated, in Kenya I can be a star? <laughs>
0: No, it was not in my plans at all. Honestly, I think the real driving force behind it is just that I've been getting tattooed since I was 15. So because of that, I've always had an extra unique look. I mean, I'm green hair right now. Like I've always been a little bit weird. And so when I came to Kenya, I was in a bunch of music videos and that just kind of kept progressing into more and more things in entertainment and photo shoots. And, and literally I would say when I got my, you know, Nairobi die was cool, but I was only in one season, but I think it really solidified when I got my second job as a talk show host, that's when I tattooed my hands. So I was like, I'm balls to the wall. Like I'm in this, <laughs> I can't go back. <laughs>
1: Now, with that, you know, Africa is more, for the masses at least, conservative. You already stick out. and Then you come out with the hair. You you know, I've seen the interviews where you're talking about some of the movies that have been banned. I don't want this to be banned in Kenya, so maybe I shouldn't, I shouldn't mention it. But did people, I'm just going to be straight out. Did people look at you, even though I know on Nairobi Diaries you talked about having fiancé, did they think you were like, um, in the LGBT or get any type of, you know, pushback saying, hey, you're already a Mazungu. Now you want to be a tattooed, pierced up, <laughs> you know, crazy hair. Did they look at you like that? Any type of pushback?
0: Um, of course, I received pushback even to like this day, like, you know, when the this year first started and I quit my job, um, part of the reason even I did feel like I had to quit was because Um, I worked for a station that was super conservative and we just weren't seeing eye to eye. And at the end of the day, I was like, listen, if you want more control over my look, you're going to have to pay me more. But so I stepped out and then I immediately worked a music video and, you know, it was super risque and I got pushback from that. But what kind of keeps me going is I always get way more support than I do get pushback. Like it's, it's never been a situation where I've done something and anyone has ever said, you know, you're going too far. And I honestly think part of that is I work really hard knowing the way that I look comes with a certain connotation that I have to like carry myself better. I have to be, you know, more well-spoken. I have to be able to hold conversations kind of thing. So uh, as long as I'm getting more support than AM pushback, I'm just going to keep doing this.
1: Well, you mentioned the ma- one of the magic words, the first one is Africa. And so we've already, we know you're Kenya, but the <laughs> magic word of pay. Now, yeah. how is pay out there in Kenya?
0: Uh, let me, let me be honest. If there's any Kenyan out here listening, they'll probably, they'll either be totally shocked because it's easy to hide up here Or they'll, like, get it. But no one is ever as rich as they want you to think. Like, Kenya has such a strong fake it till you make it culture. (laughs) Um, But the good news, at least for me, and I have to be really upfront with people, is, yo, I kind of have a monopoly. Like, you're not going to find another one of me in Kenya. And so I get to be a little bit more pushy. Um, But again, because my look is so unique, I have to find this balance of being You know, able to be worked with, you know, still being humble while still understanding my value. And I think every entertainer has to strike that balance.
1: Now, can you give any type of ranges? Because I've I've told folks for years, if you leave Mm -hmm. America and you go to Europe or if you go to Asia, especially rappers and different entertainers, you can make more. Not necessarily because you're going to get paid what you know, a Jay-Z gets paid for a show, even if you're a big star, but the fact that more people people will consume you, you can take a $10 DVD in America and you can sell it for 30, $40 back in the day. You see how old I am with doing this, um, I, you know? And, and so can you talk about, you know, an actor, let's say they get a radio show, a TV show, are they looking at 20,000 a year or could they get into that six figure or possibly seven figure you, you let us know.
0: Um, so the first thing that I would tell people to look at, if they're going to move out of the U S um, I th- I mean it was a great idea for me, but also part of the reason your money is going to go further is because life is cheaper here. So if you are really good at what you do and you've really you know dug your heels into that niche market, you can get pretty far. And as far as figures go, I do know that there are like the big names that we have in Kenya make. You know, I've even heard you know two hundred thousand. You know. You know, from my lips to God's ears, I'm going to get there one day, but 200,000 Kenyan shillings, um, which I, I think translates to around 20,000 US dollars, you know, 2,000. Well, if it's 100, 200, yeah. So it's like they can make 2,000 a month. But now keep in mind, you know, places here, especially really nice places, even are not, you know, are going to be cheaper. You know, you can live in a fantastic neighborhood as a single person in a one bedroom and you'll be living good.
1: Okay, okay, yeah. And that, you mean, your math is definitely on point. And, you know, I I just some folks might say, hey, 200,000 shillings. I'm about to ball till I fall, you know, buy out the bar and you are going to be broke because the Kenyan bars are going to, you know, you're going to buy by the bottle at some places. You're
0: going to get too (laughs) excited. You're going to get too excited. Let me tell you, I used to go to a bar that before 10 p.m. would give you, you know, a shot for a dollar, you know, 100 shillings. You'll go, broke. (laughs) You'll have a great night, though.
1: My, my first place in Africa that I went was uh, South Africa and they had um, currency. I just translated real quick in my head when I got to the rugby game, fresh off the plane, no shower, nothing. I'm with my friends and 30 cent shots. I had to get all 30, you know, and just, you know, just yep. blessed, yep. blessed yep. and funky <laughs> off the plane. Um, but we had to do it like that. And we had a whole, we had 30 friends, just like that.
0: Everybody's now, partying.
1: Now, How I know some actors in Kenya. When we went there, we went to one club right next door to the Kapinski, saw even some more actors. And I'll say this, African YouTubers have a very bad rap of being arrogant to their native, you know, brothers and sisters. But once an American comes in, "Yo, bro, everything is all good. How do you go about getting jobs? Do you have an agent or are you just in a circle of people who can recommend you and refer you?"
0: Um, so here's the thing. I have kind of an unofficial an unofficial manager right now but I use him more for networking. And then when a deal is like big enough, he'll help negotiate with me. Um, but something that I don't necessarily like in Kenya is because things are so, what we would call chini amaji here, is that like, if you try and make things official, people tend to eat, you know, your money. And so I I tend to try and manage myself, but also, I mean, I've definitely learned a lot of lessons in this industry. You know, you definitely have to be careful. Like any industry, there's going to be scams and stuff like that. Um, So for me personally, again, it goes back to the fact that I look so unique. Most people who want to work with me on a project can easily find me. You know, I do work really hard to respond to the emails and the DMs when it's about business and stuff.
1: Okay. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to get into all of that, but you had said something going back about, you know, the fake it till you make it culture. And I mean, that's just such a black thing. And then I think <laughs> about, and I can only say this cause you're Sicilian. So you, you'll get this, you know, yeah. the, 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 the Sicilian, you know, bloodline for all other Italy. Oh man, they got some of them got some black in them and those are the, you know, children of the Moors or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sicilian's, have that fake it till you make it thing as well in their (laughs) culture, gold chain jumpsuit, just, you know, might be on the bus might be on the bike. (laughs) So I think it's just in the blood of, Hey, I I gotta look good. I gotta look the part. Sometimes that's because if you don't have a lot, you want to, you want to feel like I am, you know, justified, qualified to be in this room, but, but also, You, you know, you're talking about your unique look. And with this whole Me Too movement, that's global. I mean, Africa, you can still get away with a lot of stuff being disrespectful and rude to women. So tell me, how do you go about that? Because I'm sure everybody wants some of the white chocolate. And I'm sure they've, you know, put things out there to be like well I got this for you as long as you can come sit on my lap or you know go to dinner with me so how do you deal with that being a young attractive woman
0: oh my thank you um so here's the thing for me like I'm also a really liberal mind you know I'm very like pro-sex worker and you know there the other thing in Kenya for example that happens here is you know there's a lot of girls looking for sponsors you know there's There's a huge population of sugar babies out here and I have no problem with it. Honestly, if, if I was a single woman who knows where I'd be kind of thing, but my issue with it is that I always find it's really hard when you're getting money from other people to have it be sustainable. You know, you have no idea how much you're going to get one week versus the next. And so for me, how I deal with those offers is I just decline them because at the end of the day, I think to myself, like, okay, like, am I, do I feel the need to take this money? Like, am I really hurting enough to, to carry on this kind of conversation with this guy? Because at the end of the day, with that, you know, sponsor, you know, sugar baby, sugar daddy relationship being so popular here, I already know that there's an expectation when I enter into conversations with guys. And so at the end of the day, uh, until it gets like, Past my boundaries, usually I'm able to laugh it off pretty easily. You know, not everything has to be a fight, in my opinion.
1: Man, preach that. I mean, there's so many people right <laughs> now in relationships in COVID lockdown, like, there's everything, the toilet seat, the juice, does everything have to be a fight? Preach I don't that. Have it.
0: I don't have that energy in me, man. <laughs>
1: I I definitely I get it and and I and I I love that. Um that's yeah, you, you there's a course you might need to teach on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you end up getting married and did the family come to Kenya and have a ceremony?
0: Um so we ended up getting married just at the courthouse. Like we literally it was super low key. It was so low key to the point where we only had enough people to have like witnesses. And then we ended up going to go eat at a Java house, like literally just like a chain restaurant. It was super low key because we knew the logistics of trying to get my family over here was gonna be really, really tough. And then the logistics of then getting his family over to the US would be hard. And during that time, my sister was actually having her wedding cause she had done the same thing where she, you know, legally got married and then was having the celebration. So we're like, well, we're not going to plan a wedding while she's already having hers. So we just like got legally married, super low key. We'll eventually do the big ceremonies because, because of course, like, even with me being foreign, I'm really, really intent on respecting like the cultural traditions. So I know we have to do that for sure.
1: Okay. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, the courthouse type wedding. My wife and I will be celebrating 13 years this week. And we did that. We never had a ceremony. We saved our money to buy other things Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, impressing everybody else. Uh, We just kind of eloped and kept quiet really (laughs) and see how it Mm -hmm. works. Yeah. Yeah. So, How does he because I can hear an African woman right now screaming through whether she's listening or watching (laughs) saying, hey, how did you find an African man who allows you to be half-naked on Instagram, allows you to be, you know, out there in the public because my all the men I know want to control me and keep me tight and, you know, they don't allow me to really express myself um, because yeah. that's a big thing with African tradition. The men, if you're making more than the man, it's a problem and, you know, some women have to quit their jobs, which is ridiculous, but how, how did you guys form this relationship where you know you were doing you and he's doing him like talk to us yeah about-
0: so um honestly I definitely know it's a it's an anomaly like I am well aware of the fact the uniqueness um obvious, like we met when we were in uni we were both captains of the rugby team so already like I think when we got together we had an idea of who the other person was And I think what has kept our relationship solid is the fact that I have known exactly who he is and he has known exactly who I am from the beginning. So, you know, when we first got together is when pretty soon after, for example, uh, I got offered the gig on Nairobi Diaries. I had already been in music videos. I had already been covered in tattoos. And I also think that he kind of internalized the fact that I... I have always looked so different and I'm always going to be so different. And he can kind of either take it or leave it. And the great thing is, is that with that freedom, we're also really free to communicate about it. Because when I get offered a job, you know, when I get, you know, approached and they're like, Hey, we want you to do this, like risque music video or something. I let him know. And I'm like, hey, this and this and this and what's going to happen? And he gets to be like, okay, could it happen this way? Like, is this going to be shown? He gets a say in the matter. And so that's what really keeps it pushing, because I don't want to approach it like I'm doing this and you just need to deal with it, because that would never work, even in a relationship that's not about sex. That doesn't work generally in a relationship. Um, But also, I think part of the reason our relationship is so strong is because I keep it super private. You know, we don't post each other a lot. We, we don't talk about each other a lot. Even he has people at his job who when they, they figure out who I am, they're shocked, you know? And, and, and I love it that way because now, you know, anything that I accomplish is mine and anything that he accomplishes is his, you know? We don't have to be like, oh, you're her husband. Or, oh, you're his wife. You know, so it's really amazing that we have like intertwined independence is a good way of putting it.
1: I think that might be the key because I don't Mm. have any posting. My wife actually hates social media and the one that she has it's all business, but we don't have the, we're kissed up, we're hugged up, de- putting all of our business out there, like, you know, kids prompted up, hey, these are our kids, I mean, I do have, my kids are cartoon characters, people can see, my audience knows, <laughs> London, Sydney.com where they can see the books of our travels, but yeah, we don't, mm-hmm. our life, really is private to the people who sometimes think i'm lying about having a wife and family they just think i want to be you know not yeah. dealing with them or not available so i love that you you guys did that now you're, you still have no kids right
0: correct uh fingers crossed whether we're gonna start trying you know in 2021 obviously 2020 messed everybody up Um, but we'll just have to see where it goes. But kids are definitely on the horizon.
1: (laughs) With with a Kenyan man, you'll have no problem. Don't worry. Don't be, (laughs) and don't be rushed either. Don't feel like it's a a rush. People always want to rush that. And I just can't stand it because it comes in God. Just like, you know, marriage, people want to rush. Oh, you're not married by this age. Ah." It's
0: true. It's very true. You know? And especially in like with our relationship being interracial, really, people not only want us to have kids because we've been married, but they're like, we want to see what they'll look like.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Will they come out with tattoos? Will they have, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Will they also have green hair? (laughs)
1: Yeah, man, man. I I can only imagine, um, you know, what he's probably gone through with people, you know, having such a a unique wife and having to teach them like people are people. They may just look a certain way, but if all you base it on is a look, you will be disappointed every time. I don't care.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I 100% agree with you. I mean, thankfully, he's getting more and more used to you know the way I look but there are times where like like for example just the other night we ordered some food and the delivery came came to the door and he was just kind of very shocked with the way that I looked you know and had this like Kind of creepy smirk on his face and everything, and I was like, babe, I think you gotta come to the door with me next time that happens." <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: well, sometimes it's just the 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 shock of seeing someone who might be different, and they're just entranced. It's like if you see, you know, a, a movie star. And you, you didn't expect that, you know, and they, and they yeah. just stare at you because I do have a movie star look and I get the same look in the neighborhood sometimes, you know, even from the maintenance folks. They're like, who is this on a BMX bike, like doing tricks on his pegs or whatnot? Living so some- his
0: best life.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, it's early morning and, you know, this guy is bumping music that we can hear and he's having a good time. So it's just sometimes, hey, when you're a star, people are going to gaze. So. It it is what it is now. I got to, yeah, I got to ask you being an American in Kenya. I know every time Americans walk down the street, we're like, hold on. There's a business idea. I know you guys have Jumia, the Amazon of Africa, and you also have Amazon now delivering it to Kenya. But have you seen or got into any other businesses and which businesses interest you if you have not yet?
0: Um, so right now, it's really just been entertainment. It's my focus. And then when I quit, I started doing the designing. So after I, I quit my hosting job, I was like, okay, what can I do to like push myself forward and you know, what's going to be sustainable. And so I designed these bags, I call them hustle bags. And essentially they're just like, I've, you know, they're streetwear they're representative of, you know, like the modern day hustler kind of thing. Cause I'm big into creating things that even though they're like fashionable, they have a function. So I was like, bags are where I want to start. So that's where I've been into. And then, of course I have, you know, other ideas like here and there, um, that, you know, in the future, I'm hoping, you know, I'll get more and more business savvy, but right now the bags are a main focus of me and they're like my babies. They're my point of pride kind of thing. Like I, I created them and they're mind and I choose the fabrics and, And so it's nice to be able to call myself a designer.
1: (laughs) Now, I saw those bags on Instagram. You guys, links will be in the description. uh, Hustle underscore products. How do people buy these and are you making them in Kenya? Are you making them by hand? Give us the game.
0: Yeah, so the game is they are 100% made in Kenya. I personally choose the fabrics. I chose the color of leather. Um, Even on the back of the bag is my little logo in a leather tag. So they are Kenyan made. Um, So right now, because it's, you know, very grassroots and very much a startup, I can, I know I can confidently deliver within Nairobi. But hey, if you're out there and you're an international buyer, I will find a way to get a bag to you for sure.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Now, when you when you're building the product, um, at what quantities are you doing quantities of 100, 1000, mm-hmm. 10,000?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so, I'm not yet there. So, essentially what how I do it is is my you know, we call them fundis. My manufacturer shows me the options for fabrics and then I pick how many I want. And then out of those fabrics, I can get a certain amount of bags. And so as I've started, I released the first um, generation which were the sling bags. And so, you know, and then I did the backpacks and then I did um, the little hip packs things. All of this will be, you know, visible on, the, on my page and also the um, hustle products page. So I'm not doing like large scale manufacturing just yet. But so what that means is the cool thing is that if you were to buy a bag now, you can be confident that that's like the only bag in existence of that combination.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, that's that's dope. I'm I'm, you know, just going through all of, you know, the streets of Nairobi and seeing how Nairobi is not, third world. When people say oh you went to Africa, you went mm-hmm. to visit the third world. Nairobi's not third world, right? Nairobi is, you know, New York, Wisconsin, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I mean. Has, we have a Burger King. What do you mean? Yeah, Burger King, KFC, yeah. um, you know, and and if you eat those things, I don't know if you know who um JT the bigger figure is. He's a rapper. He's out there in Kenya mm. right now but um, he, he's mm-hmm. old school, like too short of the Bay Area type rapper. Oh, okay. and, and he was showing that and people were shocked. And I'm like, I need more and more folks, especially from the West who are in Kenya to show everything that Roby has. We went to the casino to film because I had not seen anybody going to the casino to film and put it on YouTube. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, we definitely got to do that. And there's some other places that can be filmed. They're not necessarily for me, but, you know, for especially for single guys and girls, there's places that people need to see. Like whatever you do at home, you can do here and, you know, really have fun. I I, I saw a picture of you and I just have to ask. I mean, I think it was in front of like Jamerson or something, alcohol. But like, (laughs) have you considered having your own liquor out there and, you know, maybe taking the the hustle goddess. And this is the hustle drink.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty much open to literally everything. The only thing that limits me, honestly, is like how much time I have in a day and what I can do as like, as I'm, you know, working towards my citizenship kind of thing. Cause right now I have no problems with having liquor. I have no problems with even having an energy drink. Let me energy drink. Let me tell you, I'm a huge caffeine person. And so I I will plead any day for Red Bull to come and sponsor me. <laughs> any day. But um even when I the reason I even made the the page hustle products is because I do envision it selling products, not just bags, you know. I want anything that, you know, I feel like that can drive a hustle forward. I want to be in that market.
1: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm that's that's the i'm for some reason i'm picturing like you say energy drink and mm-hmm. i'm like we had a, a Mazungu on our tour he was a doctor he was a cool guy whatnot mm-hmm. and he didn't know what he was coming on he just thought he was going to kenya he didn't know who he was going with <laughs> but i can see an energy drink a little shot and call it Mazungu and having people <laughs> like drink it like because you know how like the skin whitening and how some people do that okay well if you really want to be white drink my drink Mzungu, <laughs> and get all the the energy so cheesy
0: <laughs> and,
1: yeah you know right. monetize everything that why you can. not why not there's
0: i i love to see those shirts that say hakuna some with people because <laughs> like Hakuna means there isn't any like there is no so like you're telling me there's no back. <laughs> and like those those little cheesy wordplays. like I again they're cheesy but they're funny they're, they're so funny <laughs> they, they,
1: they are they are Now, you said something. Working on your citizenship, a lot of people, especially Black Americans, think, oh, we should be able to go to Africa and get citizenship. But citizenship doesn't care about your skin color or your history. Citizenship cares about your loyalty and money. So what are you having to do to get citizenship since you're already married?
0: So, unfortunately, in Kenya, citizenship isn't automatic. You have to be either married or under a work visa for seven years. And so I haven't been married for seven years just yet. So it's kind of this issue of waiting it out. Now the good news is, is I have honestly an amazing lawyer. I have a really great immigration lawyer. who's really patient. She makes the process super easy. So through her, I can have like my business dealings and stuff like that. And then in the meantime, I just kind of have to wait until I can apply when i can apply for citizenship that's really when the, the money is going to be hectic but right now i just got to make sure that my status is cool and my marriage is good
1: and and a part of citizenship you know when people want to rush to rush get it some people buy it and hey yeah. you can buy anything in africa but you just know there could be some you know mm-hmm. penalties mm-hmm. if you get caught But what is your why for getting citizenship? Are you not planning to come back to the States? Do you not want to be taxed when you do make that big bag of money and they say, hey, we need our cut, Uncle Sam. So what's your why?
0: So fun fact, actually, Kenya is one of the highest taxing countries in the world. Um, So really, it's almost gonna hurt me more to become a Kenyan citizen come tax time let's be honest it's gonna hurt me more but the reason I want to become a citizen is because I chose Kenya you know I chose Kenya for it's good it's bad it's ugly and so citizenship is a part of that I don't want to just be here kind of riding the waves and being able to like get away with shit because I also understand that being white in Kenya is a huge privilege so for me I see it more as like I got I got to put my money where my mouth is you know that's also why I've done activism work that's also why I'm big into like mutual aid work and stuff because as an immigrant I feel obligated to do something and Definitely. being a citizen will be easier.
1: Definitely. Now, talk about how much is Kenya
0: taxing? Um, I don't have the exact numbers off head, but Kenya does tax pretty heavily because we also have very highly paid politicians. You know, um, no matter how much I love Kenya, corruption is a massive, massive issue here. And, you know, taxation is kind of part of that. And, and you know, how much we pay our, our officials is, is very much part of that. So I can't give you exact numbers, but with that, literally, I know that we're highly taxed without it being a feeling or a bitterness. We are, uh, I would even say, like, top 10 or top five, one of the highest taxing countries in the world, at least Africa.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's 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 good to know. We just um, registered a. a client's uh, business out there. And we're trying to, through our partners, get the, you know, ins and outs. Cause we're like, Hey, if we're going to be taxed, we got to do this a certain way. But yeah. you, you said something, uh, you know, being having white privilege in Kenya. And I always say when we Americans go out of America, we have American privilege, no matter if you're in Europe or, you know, wherever you're at, I've seen the things that I can do. I'll tell you a story real quick so you guys understand. I had to use the restroom downtown Nairobi. I ask my friend and client, African Tigress. I say, African Tigress, can I use that bathroom over there? I got to go bad. She's like, Kellen, you're an American. They'll let you go. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was a, you know, fairly nice place. And I I had no problem and I've never had a problem. Even in America, I don't have that problem. It might just be something about the face, right? Hmm. But what, can you talk about the privilege that you've had as a white American? What are some things that you've been able to do that maybe other locals have not?
0: Honestly, like my daily existence is very much defined by my whiteness. Like I, I can't deny it, there's no way around it. Um, I definitely kind of get those same privileges. You know, people have this tendency to, to trust white people more than anybody in Kenya. So, you know, when I say, I could even say, oh, I forgot something in a movie theater and, not, and they'll just let me walk back in, no problem. You know, they're really not, not gonna care about what I'm up to. And and, and and so I walk around with that. And I think it's funny. I Really, I think the only distinction between myself and the average white person is I'm Jewish. And so that's the only place where the conversation differs because of course there's the expectation in Kenya that I'm gonna be a Christian. And so that's the only time where I start to get thought of differently from the average white person But on a daily basis, I know that I stick out and I'm able to do more.
1: Well, I'm glad. And you are definitely an ally. And anybody who has seen any of your interviews or your stuff, they're like, wait, hold on. We need like more like this. And there are people like that, but the media doesn't necessarily in America like to highlight allies they want to show you know the fighting because fighting is better ratings but you definitely have like engulfed yourself i even caught you you know saying us as kenyans uh and i'm like (laughs) yeah she i mean she's really she might not be a citizen yet but she is all in you know the community and understanding so I can't ask you, and so don't answer this, any corny questions <laughs> like, what's your favorite Kenyan food? No, no, no. I'm gonna ask you with all the success that you're having and that you're gonna have in the future, What is your community give back?
0: Man, that's gonna be a long answer and I already feel like I'm talking a lot. <laughs> so um, for me, my focus is Absolutely on like anti-corruption and probably in working in slum areas. I feel like I do want my hand in everything. Honestly, when I describe what I want my career to culminate in, is I want to be a big player in philanthropy. I want to be a big player in mutual aid, um, especially because more and more people are realizing. Even myself, I only recently sort of realized that like charity work is kind of becoming ineffective like it's it's grassroots stuff that really makes a difference and can touch people's lives directly so while i'm in kenya and while i'm growing i know that i have to become a bigger and bigger voice so people can listen to me you know i know that i have to live here because like if you're gonna like you can't talk the talk if you don't walk the walk essentially so for me what i see um my main focus on is probably is going to be in the slums And again, I could give you a whole speech about how I feel about Kibera and why it shouldn't exist and why it does exist and how horrible that kind of is. But for me, um, my major focus is improving the quality of life for Kenyans in low income areas.
1: No, I mean, and I'm definitely I'm going to connect you with I call her the queen of Kibera um a a friend of mine and yeah we we gotta we gotta connect and you might be like i already know her but we're gonna we're gonna talk about that and some other things off air people so i'm not gonna give you guys a game overload you know you can like share subscribe give this to somebody she's touched on so many subjects and that subject of dead aid i don't know if you've read that book but aid
0: is dead Mm -hmm. and we gotta
1: you know do business so let's take this off air Thank you for coming on.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. This is awesome.
1: Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the diversify game podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits,